Welcome this evening, Mosaic. Let's stand together. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness. New every morning. Our sins, they are many. But His mercy is
Amen. Go ahead and wave to somebody close to you as you take a seat. Welcome each other to Mosaic. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. If you are virtual joining us online, whether you're in Nebraska or Wisconsin or wherever you are, we miss you. We love you. We're glad you're tuning in with us. Hey, tonight is going to be a sweet night. It's going to be a night where we are starting something new together. By the way, if you're new, my name is Matt. I'm one of the teaching pastors here and just really grateful and thankful uh, that you're joining us for this time. Uh, one big reminder for you, a mosaic tradition uh, as we go through December and then wrap up the year, uh, we have an opportunity, we call it the gift, and it's just a chance uh, to bless partnering ministries and missionaries, whether they're here or, or at the other side of the world, uh, serving the Lord and doing some really great things. And so this is kind of your last chance as you're praying and think about opportunities to give at the end of the year, consider the gift. Uh, I think that that could be a really sweet thing. Um, hey, my kids, uh, out of all the sweet little toys and presents they got for, for Christmas, one of their favorite ones was Aunt Bailey got each one of my three kids a walkie-talkie. Did anybody get a walkie-talkie? Anybody get a walkie-talkie all day long in order to talk to our kids or them to each other? You have to talk through the walkie-talkie. I don't know why that's now the rule. And by the way, whoever made the button on the walkie-talkie that like pierces the like depths of your soul consistently, all day it's been, been wonderful, people. It's really been a, really been a blessing. And the weirdest thing happened today, kids. We were standing on the porch. We were playing outside. We were doing all the things, talking on our walkie-talkies. And my sweet little daughter's clicking in. And all of a sudden, we could hear another person talking on our walkie-talkies. Is that creepy or what? Was it one of you? I've been wondering it all day. And they started talking back and forth, and we had to do the quick channel change. And I had this thought as I'm watching my kids trying to, like, now find other people on other frequencies to talk them on their walkie-talkie. Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if our relationship with God was as easy to talk to him as it was to talk to whether it's each other or a random person by just pushing a button on a walkie-talkie? Wouldn't that be something, kids? That'd be something. You know, it's interesting, the last two weeks from John 15, we've been talking about our relationship and our communication with Jesus is as simple as ask, abiding in him, and that gives permission and opportunity and invitation to ask anything in his name, and he will hear us, he will respond, he will act, he will do it. And in responding, he will turn our world upside down. You know, tonight we, uh, we're, we're starting a new series, and it's kind of cool because it's, it's like a mini-series as a part of a bigger series. This year, looking out in 2021, we're going to be teaching through Joshua, Hebrews, and then later in the spring, Jesus in the margins through the book of Matthew. But in little three-week increment parts, little three-week mini-series, we're going to do a series called Thy Kingdom Come. And it's based on Matthew 6, this season where these, these people, these followers, these seekers of, of, of truth and purpose and meaning for their life, they start to follow this guy named Jesus, and they start to ask their big life questions. And he starts giving them answers on how they should work and how they should think, how they should pray, how they should give, how they should fast. And even in this big question of how do we pray, they answer it through the well-known, the very common and familiar, the Lord's Prayer. 
And so we're going to say it every time that we have a, a kingdom come uh, night, like we will the next three nights. We're going to say this prayer together. So here's your options. You can either say it from memory, which is awesome. Um, we have these cards. That would be your cue to grab your cards out if you have them. Uh, or if you're quick on your phone and you want to pull it up online, you can go to mosaicnwa.org slash thy kingdom come. And you can see this card. You can also get one of five screensavers to just put on your phone so every time that you look down at it, you see it, you're reminded. So let's just take a moment as we pause, we prepare our hearts for worship. Let's go ahead and say this together from Matthew 6. If you're looking at your card, we're going to do the one on the left. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In the same way that Jesus turned the world to those seekers, those followers way back then, our prayer as we approach this series is that thy kingdom come. That with all the exposure that the last year has done, that the greatest of all is that Jesus would see our hearts and he would see the way that we see the world and he would flip it upside down. So tonight we're gonna talk about that in the context of family. Next week we're gonna talk about it in the context of money. The week after that, the night's called Caesar. What does it look like in this political climate? to follow the Lordship of Jesus. Thy kingdom come. It's gonna be a neat couple weeks. Lord Jesus, as we welcome in 2021, we both look back, many here with pain and regret and hurt, but Lord, I pray that through tonight, we also reflect on all the things that you did, the right kind of exposing of our souls so that you could embed within us the truth of your kingdom so that as we look forward, we would see you, we would pursue you, we would ask you, we would trust you to have lordship over our life in every way. And so tonight, we pray, Lord, thy kingdom come for your name's sake. In your name we pray. You 
Let the heavens ring. God reigns. Let the earth be glad. Take a moment with a scripture. This has always been one for me, uh, probably since junior high or high school. Uh, that when looking into life and um, being confused or hurt or wounded, um, this scripture has been an anchor for me. So let it be for you as well as we're, uh, as we're closing out the year of our lives um, and uh, entering a new one. Um, and we're going to set our eyes upon Jesus together. Present time. 
press in to know you more. Author, perfecter of life and faith, we long to know you. To draw our hearts even further into you. Sorry, I jumped the gun there. He said, don't start talking until you take your mask off or you'll get a... So I got you. Hey, good evening. Can I take you back one year to December 2019 and in the vein of things that just didn't age well at all, show you one of the most popular things being shared on social media. It was this graphic here. In 2020... What a year. We're so excited. Valentine's Day is a Friday, and Cinco de Mayo is on Taco Tuesday, and the 4th of July is a Saturday, Halloween is a Saturday, Christmas is a Friday, New Year's Day is a three-day weekend. Thank you, Leap Year. And I cannot believe we wanted this year to have one extra day. Holy cow. So now, 2020, December, reality is set in. The, the, one of the best-selling ornaments this year says, it's a picture of the Grinch holding a, a disposable mask, and it says, 2020, stink, stank, stunk. We got those two lined up side by side. And between the hopefulness of a new leap year with an incredible calendar and the resignation of the stink, stank, stunkness of what 2020 ended up being, there's a painful year between those two Decembers. Collectively, it's just been stuffed. It's been stuffed full of conflict and grief and loneliness and anger and isolation and confusion. So I want to hone in on just one little 
nugget of time, this, this weird moment that was the very first days in March of the lockdown. I want to go back there because I just want to see, can you remember how each day, I like these two words, flabbergasted and gobsmacked because they're just ridiculous words, but that's how I felt. Like each day something new was going away. It was school and church and then really big things like, not compared to school and church, but like NBA and South by Southwest was a big concert thing. I'm a music guy. So all these big like cultural institutions and pillars were just stripped away, just stripped away. And so we get to tonight. And tonight we're talking lordship. And lordship in the context of family. The lordship we're going to be kind of thinking through is maybe in the, in the Lord's Prayer that thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever kind of worship and, and, and lordship. And so I don't know in my lifetime, I pray I don't have another experience like March where so many idols, I guess, just fell away. And I was left with a what now feeling. And, and it seemed like the, the, the whole world was going, well, what, what now? And, and that is a great place to land tonight, that feeling of what's in charge? Who's in charge? How is he in charge? And before we get into lordship as, a, as an idea, I think we need to have a definition that we all work off together. And so if we can tonight and in the next couple weeks, we're going to come back to this definition of lordship as complete power or rule. So kids, if you have your sermon note sheets or adults, helpfully, whatever you're taking notes on, write that down. This is one to think about. It's one to come back to. Complete power or rule. Now, it's not limited by anything. It's not shared with anyone, and there's nothing it doesn't cover. It's not limited by anything. It's not shared with anyone, and there's nothing it doesn't cover. Now, I said we're in lordship, but in the context tonight of family. And obviously, yesterday, a big day of family. Uh, this is just some nasal family memories of past years. It's fun things of me growing up with my siblings. It's silly, ridiculous costumes. There's so many costumes up there. Uh, it's my own kids and, and fun celebrations with them. It's just fun. To, it was fun to look back at December's past and just recall why why this season feels so sweet to me. Now, I know that's not the standard across the board, and, and so I, I kind of entreat you to come my way in it because for you, holidays might be painful or just full of grief, loneliness or conflict or dysfunction in your family. I don't know, but for me personally, time with family is it's just sweet, and it's sweet then to gather and celebrate the, the, the born Lord, the risen Lord, uh, the, the coming back, Lord. And, and I wanted to think about my own family and the sweetness of that because tonight's text hits weird coming the day after Christmas. Hits hard. It's not one of Jesus' most like comfortable coffee mug slogans. And it is coming out of Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 to 50. Matthew chapter 12, 46 
to 50. It's a text that talks about the cost of discipleship and the cost of lordship, the cost of giving him complete power, complete rule in your life. And it reads like this. While he, Jesus, was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside asking to speak to you. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, those gathered in front of him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother so Matthew 12, 50, when Luke writes this same account in 8, 21, he, he, he says it this way. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. They hear the word of God and they do it. So Jesus then is asked this question or, or prompted, hey, family outside, and he replies with, who are my mother and my brothers? He he redefines family. It's, it's family on his terms, all under the Father in heaven, all following Christ as the head. And he's not devaluing family. We know that because at his crucifixion, he's making sure that his, his mother's cared for. So he clearly has an understanding that family's a big deal, and yet he seems here to elevate family. He, he calls us to a, a higher family. So I've got my nuclear family, the, the ones that shredded paper all over the living room for it yesterday. But I also have groups like my step study, these guys that I do intimate life with. Those are men that I walk with that are brothers, legitimate brothers, if, I'm, if I take Jesus' word here. So let's, let's dial in then just on a couple of these verses. And, and we're going we're gonna to look at the tension of, of Jesus' lordship in our lives. So if you're taking notes, slap a line down the middle of the piece of paper, and on one side, write challenge, and on the other side, write comfort. Because th those are the two pockets we're going to be wrestling in tonight together. The first is this, that there are going to be challenges to following Christ, to giving Christ complete power and rule in your life. And there's going to be deep comforts that come from Jesus being the one that has complete power and rule in your life. And so when we accept the lordship, we accept the challenge of his lordship. And what does that challenge look like? Well, will we take the hard parts, the, the loyalty to him at all costs? Will we take the loyalty to him at no matter what it costs? Will we give up literally everything to stay loyal to him should it be required of us? Now, for me, in Northwest Arkansas, I don't, I don't feel the fullness of that loyalty to Jesus at every cost decision. Not by any means. My, I mean, I work at a church, so that's, that's a side point. But I don't, my job's not threatened. I, I doubt most of yours are. You're, you, we're not necessarily disowned from family very often. Martyrdom is probably the furthest from the things that I worry about in a day. It's just not are my context. I know that's not true for the church at large. It's not true for the church that Jesus was pastoring then, the people that would, many of them, go to their death. But for me, that cost, the challenge, 
it, it, it's gonna hit differently than it might hit other parts of the church. For us tonight, we've got to answer the loyalty question. We've gotta answer, will we follow him? But it's, we're gonna answer it in one of maybe three ways. The first is, you've never asked the question, you've never answered it. And I'm gonna guess, you might be a, a guest here, you've never been here before, or maybe you've been away for a while and, and, and you never really, it never really stuck, and so you're kind of swimming back in these waters a little bit. Maybe you're a kid and you just <laughs> never, never thought, I've never answered the question. And so it would make sense that you would never put him at the top of your list of things because you've never said, yeah, I want him to be my Lord. So that would be a first category of people, people that he's not their Lord because they've never picked him and he's never picked them and they're, they're fine where they're at or they're, they've, they're content with what they've chosen. And then there's maybe 2A and 2B or, or 2 and 3. I don't, it doesn't matter how you make your notes. But number two would be people that have claimed this loyalty, have said, I want Jesus to have lordship, complete rule, complete power over my life, and they're walking in it faithfully. And when given opportunities to yield more to his control, yield more to his power, or lean into themselves, they choose the way more, they, they, they pick, they pick, they pick, they keep going his way. And to them, those are the folks around you that you know, man, this person loves the Lord and I love following them, being with them, being mentored by them, be, being encouraged by them because those are the people that love the Lord and it's infectious. And then there's the third group that sometimes I find myself in and sometimes I would guess most of us find ourselves in. And I, I think it's this group that, that Jesus is probably addressing in some part in the things that he's drawing out here because he's, he's pointing out the, the idolatry of family. One of the things that we can unknowingly make Lord is family, which is why he confronts it here. In other contexts, he, he uses even more heated language. Uh, he's, gonna, he's gonna say this in Luke 14. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So the point Jesus is making, the cost of lordship is everything. Is everything. So the third group, I think, are the people that have said he is Lord and the tension is, it's not looking like it. Maybe it's parents who prioritize household peace. I often shirk the discipleship responsibility because I'm annoyed, because it's loud. Why is there so much noise? Why did we keep going and have four? Holy cow, what were we thinking? And I just want peace. At the risk of losing the opportunity for discipleship, I pick peace and I miss it, and I miss it. Or maybe it's those families trying to stay afloat, and so I miss the opportunities to grow in Christ's likeness, to grow in, in discipleship. Perhaps it's singles in our body, young or old singles, doesn't matter. It's, it's in their grief over current relational status in life, they neglect opportunities for discipleship, for their, either for, to lead others or their own, to grow in Christ's likeness. Perhaps it's empty nesters who've given the entirety of their life to their family and they've all flown the coop and everybody's left looking around going, now what? 
and they look for significance everywhere except in discipleship, except in growing in Christ-likeness. And so whatever stage we're in or whatever, it might vacillate day to day. You make good days, bad, I don't know. But whatever stage we're in, we're in danger of making something, literally anything, family included, the Lord of our lives. So what does effective discipleship look like? The, the, the repeated pattern of making ourselves look more like Christ to be under his leadership, to give him more and more complete power and rule. What's it look like to catch faith for a lifetime? I personally have been deeply encouraged by a lady named Jana Magruder. She wrote a book called Nothing Less. And in this book, uh, she, she's publishing research that she, she and, and uh, a researching body have conducted about uh, kids who in their youth caught faith and then for a lifetime remained faithful. And, and they're asking of these people, what, what was it? And, and as they looked, a, a, a collection of five consistent rhythms of life surfaced. And in, in uh, like, no duh kind of news, it's these five here. The first is reading scripture, either being read to or reading with or reading themselves. Kids who re read, get in the word, it helps stick. Uh, number two is praying. Praying over, being prayed with, being prayed for, learning to pray, praying themselves. Another kind of like, well, yeah, and we paid how much for this research? Great. Uh, the third, uh, singing Christian songs. Just uh, the, the, the playing of theologically true music around the home shapes faith. And they think, they're like, that one seems like a weird pull, but the guess maybe is just that in the way that an earworm gets in your head and you can't get it out and it just gets stuck and it gets repeating and gets repeating, you're, you're getting the faith grounded in you. You can't, when you're nervous, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. I will, that just the way that songs stick and the verses come back so quick, uh, that, that, that is the, uh, the outworking of that one. Uh, the fourth and fifth, we're serving, so practically living your faith out tangibly with other people um, by giving of yourself to other people's needs. And the fifth was seeing Christian faith played out in another context, uh, missions or just another uh, uh, context different than your own. And so those five. And her research obviously was about this nuclear family, the, the family of the home. And yet, if we lay Jesus's Matthew 12 thoughts over the top of it, and elevate that definition of family. I think those are encouragements for all of us. They're the stay in it, y'all, keep walking in it faithfully, y'all, kind of things um, that we can continue uh, to partake of as we want to grow and surrender to his lordship. So um, I'm a tangible resource kind of guy. I, I feel like sometimes it's just find the right thing, the right book, some helpful tool to get you going on your way. There's always a, a good tool for the, the right time. And so two, uh, two for tonight uh, are gonna be these two things here. The first, this uh, one on the left, is developing a personal rule of life. It's a resource that uh, the community team is pushing out to all community group leaders. So I guess a side plug that if you're not in community, then you're not under the leadership of somebody working with this, working through this, leading you through this. But um, it's a tool that's just helping you plot out over the course of three to 12 months or so, uh, what, are, what, are, what, are, what are the deficiencies in my life 
as it relates to following Christ? And are there practical things that I can choose to do that will help me get on the right path for those things? And so personally, I'm excited in some of the downtime of the next week uh, to spend some time looking at that. I know that uh, uh, the community team pastors have run through that and, and are pushing it out. And so I'm grateful just for that opportunity. Um, I'm grateful for just being able to set aside a little bit of time to go, where am I deficient in seeing his lordship in my life? Where, where do I need to set a practical goal to cultivate opportunities to give up control or to turn over rule or to set aside and surrender power again to him? So that's this group. Those are the folks that can kind of take care of themselves, right? Uh, this other one is for families predominantly or people that are walking along somebody else. I, I described it when I was talking with my wife about it. This is for people that can take care of themselves. Thank you very much. This is for a group of people that somehow there's somebody in your house always like biting or licking or spitting on somebody else. So that's, I don't, maybe that's just our house, but it seems like somebody's always in each other's mouth somehow. It's just, a, it's a weird thing. Kids are weird. I don't know. Um, but this, this resource I'm excited to go through as a family. It's not gonna be a magic bullet by any means, but, but uh, they've, they've, David Murray has like surfaced 52 stories and he's tied them each to a week and he's written some questions to help guide you through some question asking. It's not gonna solve any problems, but for me, it's just enough of a, a rail tracks to stay on that I don't have to make tons of decisions and it just gets me going the right direction. And then I get to spend the time doing what I really wanna do, which is just having faithful conversations with my kids. And so uh, I hope that that proves to be something helpful for you to get some momentum. Um, and I think both of these in their different ways are going to serve as, as the means of helping us be challenged and answer the question, how can we be challenged by Jesus's lordship today? So that's the challenge of his lordship. The second part, though, is the comfort, the deep comfort of his lordship. I'm personally concerned, a little convicted, that when I've looked at the calendar and looked at 2021 on the horizon, there have been moments where I've had, I don't know, like comfort more in the calendar than in his lordship, like as if the midnight strike on, on 2020 ending and the death nail in this terrible year, it's going to just miraculously prove that next year doesn't have the exact same problems and fights and conflicts and issues. And in, in my more sound moments, I just know that's not true. I, I know that the, the same bad news and the same, it's just gonna be there. And, and yet, I also know I don't want to walk in with the unhelpful optimism of 2020 is a leap year. Can you believe it? And I also don't want to op walk in with the pessimism of, well, this one's going to stink, stank, stunk too. I want to find this middle between it. And, and I think the middle is the recognition that 2021, it, it won't change. It's going to be another year with all of its tumult, and yet what can change is me and you and your family units, your household or your community as you grow in trusting the will of our Father. So as we consider how will we trust the will of our Father, 
I think that's going to be the question we spend the next year answering day and day and day after day. It's going to be, well, how do we, how do, we do it again? And how do we do it again? It's, it's gonna be choosing the comfort of it, if that's the season we're in, or the challenge of it, if we need to be prodded along a little bit. We're gonna be, we're gonna be bouncing back and forth between these two needs, but all of it following Jesus, the one that we want to have complete power, the one that knows that 2121 is gonna hold all of its blessings and all of its curses. He knows, and so we can follow him. And it's in following him we're gonna find those comforting of Jesus' answers. Um, I think about, uh, as, a, as a kid's teacher around here, I think about the stories uh, that surface in, in kids' teachings often, the, the, the Bible stories that we tell our kids time and again. And they're the, they're the Jesus is Lord stories. Like, Jesus is Lord in the storm and in the loss of business and the crumbling of a marriage. He's, he's Lord. And he's Lord in illness and boils and plagues and pandemic. And he's Lord in our disobedience, in the belly of the fish or in the bottom of a bottle. And he's Lord in the grief of death. And he's Lord of the resurrection. Now Jesus, um, he spoke often in, in analogies, parables. He, he would use the natural and tangible and he'd, he'd twist it a little bit to get you thinking and get your heart stirring. And seeds are a common theme. And if, if 2021 has been a darkness year, then if I think about a seed, I think about the seed pressed into the dirt, under the soil, in darkness. That's, that's where life comes. That's, that's where he, he sees it. In the slow and the dark days of germination, he sees and he's working and he's Lord in that space, in our hearts, as we look for new life. Not in a new year, but in a renewed submission to the one who needs to be Lord every day in every way. And so when 2021 is a dumpster fire of a year, whatever happens, okay, we're gonna be okay because he'll be our Lord and we'll rise to the challenge and we'll rest in his comfort. I wanted to invite Nooms back up to uh, help us just pray through uh, the Lord's Prayer again one time as we close together tonight. Hey, can I ask if you have a pen in your hand or maybe even a, a phone in your hand, anything that you're able to write down? Uh, it, it helps to not just be hearers of the word, but a first step to becoming a doer of the word is to, to name that moment or name that thing that you felt that God is just impressing, convicting upon your heart. And particularly, let's do it in a sense of reflecting forward as you look at these questions from what Matt said regarding the lordship of Jesus Christ in your family. Maybe it's one of the pictures that kind of resonated with you or one of the truths. Uh, what challenged you tonight? What was that moment that you felt God say like, yes, this is, this is what I am putting before you? And then also, what, what comforted you? Go ahead and write it down. What peace did you find? I know I'd had a moment with Matt, I don't know, probably a couple months ago, where I was just like, oh, I'm a terrible dad. I'm blowing it. I'm an idiot. My kids are just going to be train wrecks when they grow up. 
And in about three sentences, he shared that illustration. He said, you know, families that seem to get it, they, they pray together, they read together, they listen to music together. And I was like, oh, we're doing those things. Whew, thank you, Lord. And it was a moment of comfort and peace going like, we're, man, we're blowing it. We're getting a lot of things wrong. But when it comes to discipling our kids and discipling our families, there actually is some suggested and, 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 and some train tracks to kind of go on. And Matt gave you those. He gave you those five kind of things tonight. And so was that it? Was that what comforted your heart? You know, there's a lot of ways that we would describe 2020. Uh, uh, one of the words, there's so many words, some of them we can't even say some of the words, but, but one of the words that uh, I hear a lot is how exposing it was. It exposed my view of family. It exposed my view of friendship. It exposed my view of myself. It exposed my view of church. And I think Matt reflected on this, that, that, that being exposed stings initially. I was picturing almost like, being out in the sun for too long, and then you come in and you go, wow, my skin was exposed to the sun. But then the aftermath of that is you take action. You cover your skin, you put on balm, you take healing and repairing steps because of that exposure. God uses that pain to bring about redemptive good. And so I would even ask you, if your word for 2020 is I was exposed in certain ways, Maybe that was God's allowance and work for his direct, what is he going to do in your heart next as we project forward? How are you challenged and how are you comforted? And so with that, would you stand with me? And we're going to do this often as we're going to close our time during this Kingdom Come series as we look at lordship over the next three weeks, bowing our heads together and saying as one, the Lord's Prayer. Pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Mosaic, we love you so much. We'd love to connect with you in prayer. We'd love you to get connected into a disciple-making community. Know that as you take this week uh, just preparing for 2021 and reflecting forward, uh, the pastoral team, the community team, the staff, we would love to just encourage you and be alongside with you in that journey. So. We love you, we're proud of you, and it's kind of fun to say we will see you next year. Go and enjoy your Sabbath day tomorrow. Good night, Mosaic.